thanks for joining us today on Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldense Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Thursday, February the 11th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. We got a lot to talk about. We're so happy to be back. Uh, it's been a long week, but we got a lot to talk about. We got uh, Match Day 21, which we're going to recap for you. Uh, Coppa Italia is in the bag. The semifinals are in the bag. And we're going to recap those for you and talk about the finalists. Big final coming up there. Very exciting. Yes, Joe Scovio, Roma and Inter will be watching the Coppa Italia final on TV. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then not, that's not only it. We also got uh, Champions League coming up next week. We got Europa League coming up next week. And then uh, I want to share some news with you from the CONCACAF region, if you haven't heard yet, about the uh, new format going forward in a couple of years for the Champions League. So... With that busy schedule, let's jump right in. Let's go into week 21. It was a great week for uh, for some teams. Not so much for others. Not so much for others. Some surprise results there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just jump right in. Inter Milan taking care of business, beating Fiorentina 2-0. Yeah, easy game. Yeah. I would say it was an easy game. Fiorentina didn't even get a shot on that. Yeah, that's just pathetic. You can't perform any better than that. Um, great performance by Inter. Conte showing a lighter side. He opened up an Instagram account for people that didn't know that. No way, yeah. did he? He plays pinball in his spare time, apparently. Holy. So he's trying to look more friendly these days. But uh, And it was a great game. Alexis Sanchez being a catalyst. And Fiorentina going, starting to doubt them with Prendelli here a little bit. They're well, very poor. They always the, – the the one game against Juve was a blip. It was totally a blip. You can see that. There's no consistency here with this team. They're just going to be fighting for survival for the rest of the season. That's what it feels like with this team. Inter on the other side, I have to shout him out. Brozovic, phenomenal game there in the anchor spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicola Barella, solid as always. Vidal, so-so. Um, but Samir Handanovic – Played a better game, I would say. Yeah, more so. Yeah, his his uh, possession. Yeah, with his feet was uh, pretty good. Yes. So overall, easy win for Inter. Yeah, easy win for Inter. Now let's move on to probably the most exciting game. This game, my God, like, <laughs> I I didn't see this coming. I don't I don't think anyone did. No, no. I was uh, funny story. Watching this game, uh, I went to my I was at my nana's house. I was going to see my nono. Just real quick, and he was having a heart attack almost because <laughs> Atalanta was winning three nothing. He thought it was over, and then Torino, bang! Three goals, just like three that. Three goals, three um, goals. Couldn't believe it. And they and they outshot uh, Atalanta. They insane. Atalanta yeah. going up three 0 and then to concede three goals against one of the relegation candidates in Serie. Yeah, yeah. Like that was crazy. Belotti played out of his skin. Yeah, he was great. But Davide Nicola still hasn't won a game. Yeah, but he has this reputation of bringing teams from the dead. Do you believe he's going to be able to do it? This Torino team. Uh, I think he can. I think he might have to make a switch in goal, though. I because I Salvatore Sirigu has been horrendous. Yeah. Own goal, c- can't stop a beach ball anymore. This guy, and you got a great goalkeeper in uh, Milinkovic Savic. Yeah, his Vran- brother Vranja. Yeah, Vranja on the bench. He's big guy, a lot of talent, a lot, a lot of upside. Why not start this guy at this point? Because you got nothing to lose. 
Yeah, he's, he can't play any worse than Salvatore Sirigu is right now. And it sucks because Salvatore Sirigu has had a phenomenal career. I thought one of the more underrated, one of the most underrated Italian goalkeepers uh, in recent time. But uh, he's just showing that he doesn't got it this year. Yeah, he's he, letting this team down consistently. Yeah, he was a major part uh, going down 3-0. Yeah. He, he, like you said, he couldn't stop. And he looked like a hologram in that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's you're, true. You're better off having just a pylon in that. Uh, it's true. He was that bad on all three goals. Yeah. Um, but the the fight back in this uh, team. Yeah, it was really know, good. Bremer really? having yeah. another great game. The yeah. Brazilian center back playing fantastic. Andrea Belotti, we gave him a bit of crap last game for uh, his antics against Fiorentina, his dive on yeah. Milinkovic. But in this game, he uh, he went down. And the ref was convinced it was a foul. But he's like, no, 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 it wasn't a foul. Yeah. And anyway. Go figure. He's trying to be a little bit more honest now, Balotti, it seems so. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then Balotti coming on, scoring. Yeah, he scored that beautiful header. Yeah. But wh what do we think about Balotti now with the national team? Now that he's, I think he's uh, second in goal scoring. In the, no, second in goal scoring in the league. Anyway, he's top, I think, three or four Yeah. in the league in goal scoring. Do you think this guy deserves a spot in the starting lineup for Italy. Well, I think, like it or not, he is going to be there. I got to look at it from this perspective. Andrea Bellotti is on a team where they this team basically lives on, the, on his sword, on the edge of his sword. He's the only guy that can really score on this team, so of course he's going to stand out. Uh, but look where Torino are. Torino are fighting for their lives. So is he good enough? I don't know, because when you look at all the other players around him, no one else is scoring. And the other thing, too, is the one thing Andrea Bellotti has shown this year is that he plays so much better when he sits behind the, the front striker. But in Mancini's system, he's the lone striker, and that and he consistently fails. So I think if they go to maybe a 4-4-2 uh, for the national team and he can sit behind Achiro Immobile and they play side-by-side, I think it would work. It did work when both of them were there. That's that's, that's how true. they both... Back in the Torino. Yeah, back when Chido was there. Yeah. Back when Chido was there, Chido was phenomenal. And Bellotti was just as good sitting right behind Chido, right? So I think that's how you got to take it into perspective. No, that's a good look because Simone Zaza, that, exactly, that's what he does. He's the target He's the man. Balotti's a guy that gets the ball at center and runs. He's yeah. able to bring the ball with his feet into the final third. Exactly. That's his strength. Exactly. And we've talked about it through various yeah. episodes that he's more of an attacking midfield. That's where he played in Palermo before he went to Torino. He sat behind Cavani. He'd mm -hmm. sit behind Dybala. So, I mean, he's a, he's a scoring. Yeah, there's, there's something about him. But, yeah, yeah for the national team, Machini, he's got to figure that out. He can't, he can't be the focal point. I agree with that. Yeah. But uh, another goal for uh, Andrea Bellotti, racking yeah. up the goals this year. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the other side, Atalanta, what happened? Christian Romero puts in uh, off performance. Yeah, off performance, but the weakness in the team. We said Christian Romero, this defense is the weakness in this team. Yeah. Who was the one man missing in this defense? We said Christian Romero is really good. He needs a second great center back who's missing. Dijmisti, the Albanian, is yeah. not in this game. Let's face the facts. Polamino and Toloy are just not good enough to uh, cover the spaces that yeah. uh, Chris Romero is not able to cover. When Dishmisti is not there on the left center back position, it's a uh, it's a complete mess. 
No, it was. It, but being up three nothing, you should have. You should oh, this yeah. game should have closed out, especially against a Torino side that's fighting for its life, and they somehow bounced back. Mm-hmm. Credit to Davide Nicola, he made some adjustments, and the adjustments worked, and he stole a point. Yep, stole it. Uh, he did steal it. But on, uh, something interesting too. I made that table. Uh, I posted on uh, Twitter, which I got to release on Instagram. So I don't know if you saw how the top seven how they face off against each other. You know who's top of that table? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, because they've been they win the most games against the top seven. Yeah. But they're currently sitting, I believe, seventh in the league. So that goes to show you they struggle against. They're not teams. We've but we've said this when they play against the lower teams or the teams they should beat, they're not as motivated. They're not. Yeah. They're, that's what it is. And if their style two is affected, they're not able to press the way they want to press. And exactly. But still, regardless, to drop three goals. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not Absolutely. acceptable. Um, but they make up for it in the midweek. No, for sure they <laughs> did make up for it in the midweek. Let's move on to the next game, Spezia Sassuolo. I swear you called this game. I think I called a tie. I'm not sure if I called a Spezia win or Re- a Spezia regardless, tie. You, you said Spezia was going to get a point, I think. Spezia so. was going to do something mm-hmm. here. and uh, Good call. Yeah. they This Sassuolo team is crashing and burning big time. Yeah. Caputo, even though you scored, buddy, you know, you, your, your time with the national team is done. Um, you, you've had a hot run, and now you've gone ice cold, and it, it would be too risky to bring you into this national setup. So, but on the other side, Spezia, <laughs> uh, what can you say? Uh, they're, this Vincenzo Italiano, he's getting the most out of this team. And I think, and this is where I have to fault myself, thinking that they had, they had no hope. Their biggest strength that Spezia did was they didn't bring in a whole bunch of reinforcements. They c- kept the core of this team that got them promotion into the Serie A. And this team has clearly gelled. They play a great team game. They know they're not flashy. They know they're not going to win every game. And they're going to get ugly points. And this was a huge victory for them. This team is staying in City Odd this year. They're staying. Yeah, they're staying. They're, listen, Spezia, they're great. This is another team from the top half of the table that they've beaten, that they've yeah. got taken points off of. And this is without, they were playing without their striker. Yeah. Uh, Galibunov uh, yeah. was out. Uh, Nanzola was out. So they had they were forced to uh, and Piccoli, the third striker, was out as well. So they were forced to go with Kevin Agudelo. Yeah. Up top. Who wasn't that bad? Who wasn't that bad? He did okay, but it goes to show you this team is so versatile. They and are. on top of it, in the game they lost their center back uh, yeah. Terzi, who got injured, and they were able to slot in Adrian Ismaji Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Yeah. I'm terrible with names. I think Albanian as well. Yeah. He came in and had a heck of a performance. Made a huge yeah. block on uh, one of the Sassuolo chances. Yeah. And uh, for me, the standout performance, probably going to get transferred to another team at the end of the year because he's had a couple good games. Simone Bastoni. No relation to uh, Bastoni Venter, but Simone Bastoni left back. Fantastic. He's proving to be a quality Fantastic. left back. Yeah, Fantastic. getting off the field. Even Ricci, too. Ricci had a great game. Yeah, he's doing. Yeah, he's doing a great job as uh, as a center midfielder, yeah. holding and uh, dictating the flow of play. And Ivan Provedal, yeah. what can we say he wasn't even supposed to be the starter? Yeah, it was supposed Spezia. to be Zoet. Zoet. They bought Zoet, and even Provedal stepped in and look at this guy. Yeah, it's he hasn't skipped a beat. No, 
No. So they, credit to him. Yeah, credit to him, the coach, the bench. People are just able to switch pieces. No problem on this team in Italiano. This is a fine-tuned machine, this uh, Spezia team, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, and the one thing I will say about Ivan Provadel, uh, he's only 26 years old. Which is crazy because we've been uh, – we've followed Provadel for a long time, and I think he's only 26. Yeah, he's only 26. He's been in the lower divisions for a long time, mm-hmm. playing for the likes of Empoli, Juve, Stabia, Provercelli, Modena, Perugia, Chievo. So nothing special. And he found his fit in Spezia, and he's been fantastic. And due to an injury. <laughs> yeah, due to an injury. And the thing we said at the beginning of the season – the goalkeeper that got Spezia to City A was Simone Scufe. And we're like, who's this Ivan Provodal? <laughs> yeah. He's filled in perfectly. Yeah. And for those of you that are that are football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, calcio, you guys know goalkeepers thrive with experience. They get better with age. And he's only 26 years old. His real This is really his first experience in the top flight. And he is surpassing all expectations. So very bright future. A very probably for the next decade we're gonna be hearing Ivan Provadel. Whether it's with Spezia or whether it's with another team. So I have to say that. Um on the other side, Manuel Locatelli played okay. Mm-hmm. He's really all they have now. This team is nothing without Berardi. No. They they live and die by his sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh they, they, they're terrible. They're terrible without him. But if you're Roberto Mancini, you can see how important a player like Domenico Berardi is. This guy can be something very special for the national team. You have to consider him. You do. But Chiesa now, with the way he's performing, makes that hard. I know. And we all know how much Mancini loves Chiesa, right? And Chiesa's not playing as a right winger, though. No, he's playing as a right mid. Exactly. And you got to credit Andrea Pirlo for that. Yes, yes. Something we said he should be playing that position from yeah. the beginning. Um, you want to go on to the Let's next move game? Let's on to the next game. Disappointing anyway. game for Christian here. Yeah, I, I did call it Juventus 2 nothing victories against Roma. I can't say that I'm surprised. Roma got the favors on the weekend, so we're still in fourth place, which is <laughs> huge for us. Can I can I tell you Roma's record against the top seven? It's that awful. Table? Yeah, go for so it. So I think it, they have three draws, four losses in seven games. Yeah. Eight goals for, 20 goals against. Yeah. Negative min- minus 12 it's goal differential. Good. It's not good. Against top it's, seven opponents. It's it's not good at all. And again, it's defensive errors. Rodri Banez, guy started off phenomenal. I don't know what's happened in the past few weeks. He's just scoring an own goal. and Yeah, that that's a bit harsh, though. Because I think is. if he wasn't there, it was going to go to Ronaldo for a tap-in. Still and, uh, yeah, It shouldn't get to that point. Every time yeah. we've played a top Seven, he, he collapses. He yeah. collapses, and they're he's phenomenal against. Yeah. yeah, and Paul Lopez has come back down, uh, yeah. losing his confidence. Uh, Gianluca Mancini put in a great performance. I think almost scored, probably with the one bright spot. Mkhitaryan doing what he could. They just couldn't do anything. Juve could. I mean, Roma couldn't do anything on Juventus, and Giorgio Chiellini was on Mayoral like glue. Yeah, can I read? Can I read the stats real quick Go for ahead. this game? Go ahead. So the ball possession was fifty-two to forty-eight for Roma. Total shots fourteen to three for Roma. Shots on target three to two for Roma, and Juve blocked four shots on that. So complete yeah. domination by Roma. But this is something that it seems like Juve Pirlo is adjusting his tactics. Yeah. He has a healthy Chiellini back. He saw in the Inter game Chiellini how poor he was with a high line. Ever since that loss, Juve has been on I think a nine-game run now. 
without conceding a goal. Okay, so what Pirlo has done now, which is really obvious, is he's dropped his team completely back, yeah. right, in, right into the box. They, they don't care. They'll give the other team possession of the ball. They did it to Inter in the Coppa Italia game. Yeah. They did it to Roma. These games were exact copies of each other, Inter-Roma against Juve. And Pirlo's fine. Have the ball. We have Ronaldo up top. We'll just get him the ball. He'll do something, get the goal, and done. And that's... It works. It works. It works. Simple. This yeah. is a catanacho. When you have a talent like Ronaldo up top, who's arguably right now the best player on the planet in the present time. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, in the box, you're now allowing Kalini to avoid the one-on-one battles. Exactly. You're allowing Bonucci. That's where they thrive, those guys, when they're able to uh, protect their net. Because they're the That's best. That's what they are. Yeah, they're, they're stay-at-home the center backs. Yeah, so the best at 50-50 balls, challenges, they win everything. Yeah. But their weakness is when they play up high and they can't defend a big space behind them. There's yeah. not a lot of defenders that can. Yeah. But it, it, it shows that that's not in their uh, game. And Kilini came out and said it himself. He's like, I don't have the qualities of a Sergio Ramos no. or an, another modern modern footballer. He's, he mentioned center back. But his strengths are, he knows what they are. Winning, going hard into tackles, winning aerial duels. That's what he does. And Pirlo has seen this, dropped the team back, like I said. He's moved Ronaldo and his other strike partner out wide. So they don't even play as strikers. They play as wingers still. Yeah, they cut in. And what happens against these teams that like to play three men back is the uh, wide center backs, they don't know whether to pick up the, the wingers because what it does is it allows the center midfielders to run into the forward space oh, yeah. or to stay condensed with their center back partner, the, the middleman, which gives Ronaldo and uh, Kulazeski, for instance, all the space in the world to run at the center backs with yeah. pace. It's, it's brilliant. It's so simple, but it's brilliant. And uh, you got to give Pirlo credit for that. Oh, 100%. Brilliant move on Pirlo's part. This Juventus, this Catan- to me, it's like Catanacho. This mm-hmm. Catanacho counterattacking way. Yes, you have a phenomenal, t- phenomenally talented team that can attack and throw so much pressure on you until you choke out as opposition. They they're able to do that, and it works. And congratulations to them. I mean, they deserve this. They, I mean, they got out. To me, they got outplayed, but they they capitalized when they needed to and. Rightly so, they deserved it. And Roma on the other side, the one thing I will say, he didn't have the greatest game, Borja Mayoral, but I got to credit Paulo Fonseca for starting him. I thought it was going to be Zeko, but obviously the problems are still in the Roma camp there. But I got to credit Paulo Fonseca. Not surprised. I was disappointed with the Roma fans saying, oh, why isn't Zeko starting? Why isn't Zeko no, starting? That's, Jekyll- that's garbage. Listen, I- listen Zeko, yeah. he's finished. Zeko didn't do nothing when he came on either. No, he didn't do anything. And for the Roma fans out there, I live and breathe this team. I love them to death. And I'll tell you right now, Ed and Zeko, I understand we're a very loyal bunch to our players, but Ed and Zeko is no Francesco Totti. He doesn't deserve the same loyalty that we gave to Francesco Totti because he's done nothing for this club. He scored some phenomenal goals, but what has he done for us? Has he ever won us anything? No. He hasn't. So for those of you that are crying for Ed and Zacco, go take a hike. Seriously. <laughs> this guy's leaving in June anyways. He doesn't care. This guy wanted out. This guy had a blowout with Fonseca. At the end of the day, why do you want this guy on? Yeah, this guy's a distraction. He's a problem. He needs to sit in the stands the rest of the way. And guess what? Do you know he didn't go anywhere? Why didn't he go anywhere? Because his agent and him we're psychopaths in the transfer market, okay? Nobody else wanted him. 
what does that tell you? Stick with Borja Mayoral. Let the guy do his job. We know Nicolo Zainalolo is on his way back in a couple of months. And we were like, Roma fans, just be patient. We're in a rebuild. Top four, fourth place. What did I tell you? It's going to come down to that Roma-Lazio game. It's looking more and more likely it's going to come down to that game. Just keep beating the teams below you and hope the other teams around you hammer each other, drop points, because that's what's happening right now. Yeah, I can't reiterate that enough. No one thought Roma would be in the position they're in halfway through the season. No. Especially after Zaniola went down. So, Roma are doing above uh, expectation so far. Well, let's move on to the next game where we got a favor from, like, this team that I have... I just, this is your second team now. The, uh, seriously. The Terminator. The, the man in the shades again. And this time, Goran Pandev scores two. Genoa winners, 2-1 to one over Napoli. What, what, what can you say about this Genoa team? Genoa, I told you, they're going to be in the mid-table. They want to survive. They want to clinch survival into City so they can focus on moving up. There are three teams from La Liguria right now. Spezia, Sampdoria, Genoa. Genoa wants to be the best of the three. And I have to say this. Go for it. I have to say this right now. The next goalkeeper in line behind Gianluigi Donnarumma for the Italian national team has to be Mattia Perin. Has to be, This guy, what a season. He knows the biggest mistake he did was signed for Juventus because he knew he was never going to beat out Chesney. He wasn't. He thought he was. He wasn't going to beat out Chesney. Sorry. Chesney technically is a better goalkeeper. But Mattia Perin, phenomenal for this Genoa team. Puts in another phenomenal game. Nine, ten of, or nine of Napoli's ten shots were on target, forcing Mattia Perin into a save. Yeah. This guy, sorry, is a stud. He is. Uh, he's the reason why Genoa have made this climb up the table. They have. That's yeah. what great goalkeeping can do. Right there. That's a sign. If if he was playing for Torino, I think the roles would be reversed. A hundred percent. So that goes to show you what the goalkeeping can do. hundred percent. Goran Pandev, like you said, grabbing two goals. The man doesn't age. Now let's talk this this team here that frustrates, I think, everybody. Napoli. Napoli. Yeah. Let's get it right out because they lost the Coppa Italia to semifinal, so they yeah. got knocked out. Now it's coming down to Gattuso is saying he just has the Juve game to prove. His, uh, that he's worth uh, keeping the job. De Laurentiis saying he will most likely get rid of Gattuso if he doesn't get a result from that. Is Gattuso the problem, or is it the players in the ownership? Players are a problem. Players are a problem. We've said this time and time and time again. When the players don't agree with the philosophy, they check out, especially with this Napoli team, and the owner backs the players up. And that's a problem. That's a problem. If this, if the owner always backed the players up, Atalanta wouldn't be where they are. They'd be somewhere in mid-table obscurity right now. But they handled the Papu Gomez situation brilliantly. Stood behind Gasparini. Look at these guys. Yeah, there was a blip against Torino, but these guys are in the Coppa Italia final now, fighting for their first trophy in how many years? Right? Since be- the 60s. Because of Giampiero Gasparini, because they backed their coach. Gattuso, you're in a situation where you don't have the confidence of the board. You don't have the confidence of the owner. And the players don't clearly don't agree with your philosophy. And it's a certain group of players that run this team. 
you keep running with this group of players, and I'm talking about I'm talking about Insigne, Mertens. I'm talking about that little group. That little group can be talented. What has that little group, Napoli fans, what has that group ever won you guys? Nothing. They've given you nothing but failure and heartbreak. This Napoli team was how many points ahead years ago on Juventus in the Scudetto race? Yeah. And they blew it because of these guys. Okay? Because these guys don't know what it's like to win. They don't know what it takes to win. You want to know who knows what it takes to win and grind? Gennaro Gattuso. As a player, he struggled and fought for every single ball. He he played 90 minutes, game in and game out, with heart, physicality, and talent. These guys, they just show up when they want to. That's how I feel about this. No, I agree. I think they're a bunch of prima donnas on this team. Yeah. Uh, in regards to the game, it's obvious Nikola Maksimovic is not good enough to be in a top team. No. He's a mid-table, low-table center back. He's a glaring weakness every time he plays on this team. And uh, Andrea Patania, again, I don't think is good enough to be a striker. Victor Oziman, too, yeah, very he disappointing. He didn't do anything better. I think $70 million they bought him for. Yeah. This guy scored one goal, I think, all season. One thing I will say, the one bright spot on this team, well, I could say two, but the one bright spot on this team has to be Politano. This guy needs to play more. This guy's not in the drama. This guy just wants to play, and he wants to win. This guy's a winner. Yeah. This guy's got a chip on his shoulder, couldn't make it at Inter. He's got a point to prove, and he busts his chops every minute he gets. Other guy I got to talk about, too, is Di Lorenzo. There's another guy. Great Busts his chops. These two guys, those are the guys that you got to ride with. Those are guys that will do anything to win. And that's the kind of players that Gennaro Gattuso needs. If he had 11 of those guys on the field, Napoli would be in the top two, hands down. Yeah, De Laurentiis has to see that this team's rotten to the core. There's been rumors again, so if Gattuso does go, uh, we've mentioned it already, Rafa Benitez is going to come in, but more so in a technical director role, uh, which I honestly don't think it's going to do anything for the club unless no. unless you get rid of these players. So yeah, want to move on to the next game. Yeah, from one Liguria team to the other, Benevento-Sampdoria, 1-1, Sampdoria, draw. Said, I know I said I picked Sampdoria. We went against my, I went against my intuition, but like I said, that Sampdoria drops these games. They do. And Renieri and was happy. Everybody Nick says that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, Renieri was happy to pick up a point yeah. here. Uh, that goes to show you, um, they were outplayed. Benevento's, they their goal scoring is letting them down again. Uh, oh, big time. They can't score when it matters. And, uh, you know, uh, some Sampdoria lucky to come away with the win. I know they ha- had more shots. The tie, you mean. I saw the tie. Uh, but uh, yeah. Benevento created more dangerous chances out of the two. Yeah, they did. I mean, 1-1 draw. Benevento, Sampdoria both happy with that. Let's move on to the next game. Not much to talk about. Milan smashing Crotone. Yeah. But here's the interesting part. Milan struggled in that first half. Yes. They did struggle in that first half. Crotone made them work. Yeah, Crotone had them on the ropes. Adam Uanes, the yeah. Algerian, he uh, had a heck of a game. Yeah. He's been a flop everywhere. He's given his chance on this tropa here, and he he works some magic. But Crotone, in the end, just don't have it to compete in this uh, division. Yeah. They don't have the players. No, they're done. They're done. And Milan just doing the job that they had to do. Yeah, Milan... 
can't really know. nitpick that. Four nothing yeah. wins. Zlatan getting his five hundred and one goals. Yeah. Congratulations. You want to move on to a surprise now? Udinese. Yes. Two nothing winners against Verona. Before we get into this, can we say what Ivan Juric said? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> he goes, he will never play Nikola Kalinic <laughs> and Lasagna together again. <laughs> what a surprise! Because they, uh, he, he he doesn't know what Lasagna is supposed to do. So but you got to give him credit because he put Lasagna behind the striker. But he but he does he's a he's terrible defender. Flopped. He was the worst player on the field. He's Lasagna. Still He's still flop, but Kalinic is nothing special either. And I could tell you this from Roma last year. We talked about it how many times. Whenever they brought on Kalinic for Zeko, you knew, okay, we're not scoring. Game over. Game yeah. over. <laughs> um, but uh, what about? Well, look, Fernando Llorente. He had an impact in the game. Gerard De Lofeu picking two goals, playing yeah. as a no, as a as a false forward, kind of dropping into yeah. the midfield. They did what they had to, but you. This is where Udinese won the game. Defense. Yes. Defense. Nointek, Bonafazzi, Samir. And Bonafazzi's already sent out a warning to Roma because that's who we're playing this weekend. And he said, don't think we're going to lie down for you guys. That's going to be tough. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I'm proud of this Kevin Bonafazzi. I keep, I've said it a few times this season so far. This is a guy to watch out for. Kevin Bonafazzi. Mm-hmm. Great player. Great defenseman. And defensively, they were perfect. Hellas Verona not registering one shot on target. Uh, disappointing. But when you have Kalinic and Lasagna up there, what do you expect? Yeah. Right? What do you <laughs> expect? Terrible. I don't know why. I don't know why Hellas Verona is going to pay the amount they're paying for Kevin Lasagna because this guy's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely garbage. He's a Mechalina's lasagna. He's, he's that the guy. worst lasagna out there. <laughs> he ain't no homemade lasagna. That's no, for he sure. ain't no homemade lasagna. Marco Silvestri on goal. Yeah, uh, he, he's... He's kind of his form stepped. Yeah. yeah, he's coming down. Still made some big saves, he but did. makes now he's starting to make mistakes. Yeah, he's starting to show cracks in the yeah. armor. Um, but great job by Udinese. Very well deserved. Uh, Udinese fighting for their life. That was a huge three points for them. They really claimed a scalp off a team. Like yeah. Hells Verona has been yeah. doing really well. Now off to this miserable team here. Oh, my God. The most Bologna. miserable team in Serie A right now. Bologna. Even worse than Crotone. Yeah, Bologna. F- spanking. Bologna. Yes, spanking. Musa Baro. Woo-hoo. Ooh, he, do you know? He I was think on he's, f- This guy is, I believe he's only on loan at Bologna. Okay? Yeah. I think he's owned by For, As- Ascoli. So Ascoli. He's owned yeah. by a Serie B team. He was playing at Atalanta. Oh, uh, okay. Point. Sorry, I think it may be Atalanta. Atalanta, one point. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's still owned by them. He, he's going to be Sorry. playing for a big team. There's been rumblings in the media that he's going to a big team because uh, he's a great forward. He can play in any position up top. Roberto Soriano playing great. Skorupski again. Tomiyasu on the right back. He's discovered this right back position. Mihailovic. Adama Sumaro making up. The volleyball player making up for his poor performance in Milan. Oh, for sure. Nicolas Sansone getting to assist. Everyone had a great game in Bologna. Yeah. Uh, but... Or, or even Orsellini coming off the bench. Emmanuel Vignato. Yeah, Tomiasso Vignato, now a young Italian, yeah. being considered for the national team. Yeah. Uh, Bologna, great. They were, yeah, this was their game. Parma, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Graziano so Pella is going to save you guys. No, <laughs> they are so bad. Andrea Conti, I know he's trying to gel in. He, he offers a little bit more uh, solidness 
on the right side, but they're playing him in the midfield. Like, why are you playing a 3-4-2-1 with this team? You got to go back to a standard 4-4-2 and, and pray to God that you can claim a scalp. Yeah, lock, lock up the defense. Seriously, this team's trash. They are trash. trash. The only positive I'll say is uh, Jonathan Zerxi, Joshua, sorry, Zerxi came on. Yeah. He uh, made a few missed passes, but there was one moment of magic in the middle of the field where he walked through two Bologna players yeah. and created a chance for uh, uh, Mihaila, Mihaela, whatever his yeah. name is, and the guy just goes roof it over the net. Yeah. But Xerxes looks like a re- real talent. I'll be curious to see how his campaign for City works out. Um, but this team, my gosh, yeah, the Versa, just, just terrible. They're bad. They're bad. Absolutely terrible. And yes, I have to make a correction. Musa Baro is owned by Atalanta. How insane is that? Yeah. This guy's good enough to play for Atalanta. I know. Think of the talents they have. Yeah. Their youth their youth production is is absolutely phenomenal. Probably the best probably one of the best in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it's most most underrated. But yeah. Congrat credit to Bologna, they deserve this. Lucas Skorupski's been on fire lately. Maybe he might sneak into the national team yeah. and be a backup for Chesney. Him and Peran have been the best goalies this yeah. uh, kind of from mid-January to now. Yeah, and in the in uh, the city. Yeah. Let's move on to the last game. No real surprise. Lazio beating Cagliari one nothing. Getting the job done. Yeah. Getting the job done. Uh, the one thing I will say, Alessio Cragno stood out for Cagliari. He was the only player that really stood out. Uh, Godin Rugani looks like it's going to work a little bit. Uh, Walukiewicz uh, moving from center back to the right side on defense. I guess Di Francesco saw something there. It actually worked there. Um, and just, I don't know. This this team is, this Cagliari team just. Yeah, they're not good. They got a the, they got a poor manager, I believe. He's married to Rajanangala and started in every game. I don't understand why. From um, his Roma days. Raj, uh, the legs are done in the guy. Uh, it's like he has too much of a license not to defend. Yeah. And it, it causes problems with this team. Now, they only did concede one goal, but they let a ton of chances, and that's always been their weakness. So unless Cranio plays amazing, yeah, they always concede 10-plus chances a game. Exactly. And uh, Lazio, on the other hand, routine win for them. Cheeto scores. Yeah, another goal. So... After that, so that basically sums up match day 21. Let's read you, I guess, the top seven uh, yeah. and then the bottom three. So the top seven, Milan, first place, 49 points. Inter right behind, 47 points in second place. Juventus climbed to third place with that game in hand at 42 points. Uh, so this is where you have fourth and fifth. Lazio and Roma both on par with 40 points. Uh, I'm telling you that that that's gonna be a battle. <laughs> N- Napoli dropping down to sixth place, 37 points. Atalanta seventh place with 37 points. So it's really tight still up there. Now you have a drop. Now there's some separation. Sassuolo's eighth place, six points behind. That's where the drop yeah. is. The top seven, it's they're yeah. in a different level. They are. And at the bottom, Crotone, no surprise. Parma, no surprise. And then 18th place now, Cagliari. Torino's out. Cagliari's in. With all those draws, they managed to get out. Yeah. Yeah, so Nicola's doing it. But one thing I want to say before we before we leave this, nine points out of relegation. Nine points out of relegation sitting in 12th place. 
Genoa Cricket Club, everybody. What did I tell you about this team? Trust I'll the man back. in the shades. I'll be back. Yeah, he'll get fired next year. Anyways, let's move on to uh, the Coppa Italia semifinal, leg twos. Yeah, we'll touch over them briefly. Yeah, um, I mean, congratulations to Juventus and Atalanta winning these games, yeah. winning these ties. And it's going to be a screamer of a final, I think. I think so. Uh, Handanovic giving Juve the final, essentially. He played great in the second game, but uh, in the first leg, he essentially yeah. gave him but a... But you called you go, this. Go to the final. You called it. You said Inter was yeah. going to play better, but they weren't going to get the result. No, they weren't. And... Uh, that table, again, I bring it to that top seven table. You look at Inter, where they are on that table of top seven teams, I think they rank just above Napoli and Roma. Yeah. They struggle against the top teams Inter. They don't win too many games. They don't score. They are the lowest scoring team yeah. tied with Roma in that top seven. Uh, they do have the best defense, but this has been Inter's problem. That's why they got eliminated from Champions League as well uh, the past two years under Conte. Conte's teams struggle to beat the big boys. Yeah. That's why I said that Juve win earlier in the season was massive. Yeah. It was a massive statement because Inter doesn't do that. And now they're kind of falling back into their old ways. It is in Copa. But this is uh, back-to-back games that they've, I'm saying in air quotes, that they've outplayed Juve. But they lost the tie. So, yeah. like I said, Pirlo's gone to these new tactics. He's fine letting teams dominate them. But... Juve's in complete control. Yeah, they are in complete control. Antonio Conte and the Antonio Conte literally just has a scudetto left to focus on. That's Nothing. it. Juventus, as much as I hate to say it, don't count them out. They're five points out of well, they're five points behind Inter with a game in hand, and they're in the final of the Coppa Italia. So they're on the verge of Andrea Pirlo winning his second trophy already, possibly. Against Atalanta, it's not going to be easy. No, it's not because Atalanta is the best against the top teams. Yeah, it'll be an interesting final. But I just want to say, uh, I already said it briefly, but Demiral they licked phenomenal, blocking every shot, uh, shutting down Lukaku, Martinez, shutting him down completely. Um, they did great. Conte was a bit surprised, brought on Ericsson for this game again. Yeah. Showing some faith. Three playmakers, Barala, Brozovic, and uh, Eriksson. They look good. Yeah. Just no decisiveness. Brozovic, kind of a waste of space as a regista. I don't think he does enough back there. The guy needs to be... His position needs to be switched. He does nothing. He, yeah. do, he, he Conte wants to play him in that pure low regista role, making long ball pass. He doesn't yeah. do it. He just goes backwards, sideways. Down. He does nothing. Uh, so I would love to see him kind of moved out of that position. And uh, that's it. Congratulations, Juve. Yeah. Congratulations, Juve. Congratulations, Joe. <laughs> um, on the other side, Napoli-Atalanta. Atalanta shows up for these games, dominated them. Again, Lorenzo Insigne, the playboy. That's a good one for him, yeah. Nothing. Nothing he, from him. never shows up in big games. Nothing from him. Nothing. The only guy that showed up for this game was Chucky Lozano. So I don't know if he's part of the group or what. But, uh, yeah, that's the only guy that showed up for this game. On the other uh, Atalanta, the other side, fantastic performance. It's that final is going to be too close to call. It too will be close to call because, yeah, Andrea Pirlo is going to sit back against Atalanta, but Atalanta's going to love that. Yeah, they that's will. the problem, right? They will. Uh, but right. it's everyone's going to be on the edge of their seat for this game. But but Atalanta thrives on the press, so they thrive on teams that like to play out from the back. Yes, and Juve no longer play out from the back. Yeah. So. 
We'll see. We'll see I what think happens. this is this is going to be the first Coppa Italia final in a long time, which is going to be really, really interesting to watch. I mean, no disrespect to the Coppa Italia, but the finals have kind of been blah. This one's going to be back and forth. So if you're a neutral fan, taking a dip out of curiosity into the city or Italian soccer, this is the game to watch. Well, especially the way the top games go. There's been a ton of goals. Oh, yeah. Especially when Atalanta's involved. So. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, yeah. really, really looking forward to it. So, are we ready to move on to yeah. match day 22? Let's do it. Let's fly through Let's this. fly through this. So, Friday, I believe it's Friday. Yeah, Friday's that's when the it first starts, game. Yeah. Bologna, Benevento. Can Bologna carry their form into this game? I think so. Musabato, he's proven he's dangerous. Benevento... Uh, Honestly, they risk going down the way they've been playing. It comes down to two who's going to be missing from this game. Bologna is healthy now. Big miss still for Benevento's Letizia, so they have that weakness at right back. Yeah. But I'm going to give it to Bologna. I, I, I just think Benevento, they're too weak going forward. They miss so many chances, poor finishing. I just think Bologna have it about them. Musabato, that's all you need. Boom, goal. And yeah. I think he's going to be the difference. Yeah, that so that game takes place on Friday afternoon at 2.45. Let's move on to the first game on Saturday. Torino, Torino. hosting Genoa. So the two relegation specialist yes. coaches playing each other. Wow. Sanabria yeah. going to be out still. Yeah. Yeah, so the new signing's out still for Torino. Yeah. Genoa's going to be missing uh, Badali through suspension, and that's about it. Yeah. So, what do you think? This is a tough one. I mean, Genoa are on fire lately. Genoa are on fire. Torino turning it around. Can See, this is a game where I could see the Terminator dropping points. <laughs> and and Inter or sorry, and Torino winning. And Torino badly badly need a win. Is it the end of the world if Genoa lose this game? Not really, no. So, no. They they're 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 fulfilling their objective now. Torino at home, Bellotti on form. But how's Mattia Perin gonna show up to this game? It's gonna be at the end of the day. It's gonna come down to the goalkeepers. I think Mattia Perin is miles ahead of Salvatore Sirigu right now. So I'm gonna say Genoa's got the edge in this game, and Genoa's gonna win this game. Yeah, I think it comes down to goalkeeping too. If Banya starts, then it might yeah, be different. I think Sirigu's gonna get dropped. I'm gonna lean to a tie though. Yeah. With this okay. game, I think Perin's too good. Zaza doesn't want to score a goal. No. Balotti's going to get taken right out of the game. Yeah. And uh, I think the defense of Torino has picked it up, especially if Marlo Izzo plays the way he's been. I think yeah. Genoa offensively, they'll be shut down as well. So I'm leaning towards a draw. So Giuliano's trying to take a draw. I'm trying to take Genoa win, and I'm telling you he's going to score the winning goal right now. Matteo Destro. There we go. <laughs> he didn't the, show play, up. the player of the month, actually. Yeah. He's coming January, back. Yeah. So that takes place 9 a.m. on Saturday, 12 o'clock. It's going to be a cracker. We've been waiting all year for this game. This isn't the rematch either. No, this is the first match. <laughs> yeah. So this is Gennaro Gattuso's arguably last game <laughs> against uh, with Napoli. And Napoli are hosting Juventus in this game. This See, I don't know how to call this game. I really don't. I think Napoli are they're missing some players. I know how this game goes. Go. Nap Napoli are missing Koulibaly, Goulam, Manolas, Dries yeah. Mertens, and Heisage is doubtful. Yeah. We're never going to catch Juve, so 
<laughs> you may do us a please. I can't believe I'm asking you this. Do us a favor. Keep uh, Napoli down. Uh, but yeah. you think Napoli win this game? No. No. Listen. Their season's on the line in this game. That's the only difference. But we, we know. No. Gattuso's season's on the line. The players don't give a shit. No, I know they don't. But their season's on the line. You lose this game, you do, you're coming nowhere near Champions League. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, it's true with Lazio. And well, Lazio Atalanta will go back up. But yeah. Nap- Napoli, yeah, they're, they're looking like the outsiders. Because really, there's only one, one there's spot, only one spot available. Fourth place. I'm telling you right now, Pirlo's going to stick with his counterattacking tactics. The forwards, Ronaldo, Kulizescu, whoever it is, are going to play wide. He's going to put eight guys in the box, defend. And Napoli's not going to do anything. They're not going to break him down and... Juve is just going to pick them apart on the counterattack with Nikola Maksimovic there and uh, Mir Remani, two center backs that don't normally start. Napoli are going to get in trouble. I think Ronaldo's probably going to get a hat-trick. Bye, Gattuso. Welcome, uh, Rafa Benitez. And that's it. I think Napoli's season's done after this game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Juve's going to win this game. So we're both trying to take Juve. Uh, Napoli don't have a chance. They don't. Not a chance. That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. They don't. So let's move but on. That's what happens when all your players are shamos, though. So yeah. You might as well have awarded that default to Juve the first game. Because Seriously. Because when you're they play get that, they're <laughs> hammered again. You're going to get embarrassed again. Exactly. Um, this next, Yeah, the next game is going to be uh, interesting. Interesting. You have a big smirk on your face. I'm, am I sensing an upset here? Uh, they outplay all the big teams they go up they against. They do. Like, this Spezia team, they got nothing to lose. Going up. So, Spezia are hosting Milan here. And Milan, yes, they ran away with the Crotona game. No surprise there. But they really struggled in that first half. And if the if that is signs of what is to come, this Spezia team is a lot better than that Crotona team. And I'm scared. I mean, I, I'm scared if I'm a Milan fan. This is... Should be a routine win for Milan, but I don't know. With Spezia, no. You don't know. This team plays a really well-rounded. They're kind of like a uh, a bargain version of Hellas Verona, because they play such a great team game. Yeah. And if Provadel shows up again, it might be a battle of the goalkeepers. Donnarumma versus Provadel, right? And the way Provadel's been playing, I don't know. I don't know. I think it might be a narrow win for Milan, but. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta give the edge to Milan because Milan sh- realistically should win this game and should stay ahead in the race. But I wouldn't be surprised if Spezia comes out of this with a draw. I agree, a hundred percent with you. The positives for Milan, they're just missing Tonali. He's doubtful. He'll probably be on the bench. Brahim Diaz, but otherwise everyone's back. So this is a fully fit Milan team almost. Spezia, on the other hand, are missing Claudio Diego Farias, and yeah. Balanezzola, which we mentioned, Roberto Piccoli, which we mentioned as well. So they're missing some key players, but they've shown it doesn't matter. They can throw guys in, yeah. and they make a difference. Uh, we know Spezia is going to take the game to Milan. They're not scared to. No, they're they got nothing to lose. They're ex- they know they're expected to lose, so why not just take it to them? Exactly, uh, and that's what I love about the mentality. Exactly, you're not going to win by sitting back against Milan, no. especially when you got Zlatan bombard in your box. The guy wins headers yeah. easily. Um, but yeah, I just got to give. I just got to give the edge to Milan. I think Hakan Kalanoglu, he's going to have a lot of space in the middle, I think, and he's going to be able to pick out yeah. Salamakers, Rebic, Theo Hernandez with his passes. And I think 
the key comes down to Hakan. If uh, Spezia can shut him down, they got a chance. If they can't, then Milan won this game. Yeah. So both turn take Milan in this game. Now let's move on to Sunday morning. 6.30 a.m. It's going to be a tough game. This is going to be my little, my, my second son's baptism into the Roma fandom, into the Curva Sud. He gets up at 6.30, so he's going to watch this game with me. His <laughs> very first Roma game is going to be Udinese Roma. He's going to be in a scarf. He's going to have the Tati blanket on. He's ready to go. <laughs> um, so Roma Udinese in this game is going to be at the Stadio Olimpico. This is going to be tricky. It's going to be very tricky, but this is a game you need to bounce back if you're Roma. Bonifazzi already firing a warning shot. Don't think we're going to lie down. Juan Musso is actually is in the news as well. Udinese's keeper is rumored to be fighting between he's a battle between Inter and Roma to be the successor. The how convenient it's Inter and Roma, <laughs> right? But uh, so there's a lot riding on this. You know he wants to have a good game. Really, the only guy missing. Uh, Roma are relatively healthy. Uh, Zaniolo's missing, obviously, but uh, questionable. Could make an appearance back in is Pedro and Reynolds. Smalling is the other player missing. Uh, so we really do miss him as much as he makes some boneheaded moves, and that's Chris Smalling. That's not Chris Smaldini. I, I'm hoping to see Pedro. Maybe Reynolds makes an appearance here. It all depends on what Fonseca does. Does he stick to his gun? Does he start with Mayoral up top? Cristante didn't work up top no. uh, next to Mkhitaryan. I think you need to go with Pellegrini if Pellegrini is available. Play side by side with Mkhitaryan. I do think Roma win this game because Roma knows they really need to win this game. You're going to see a very hungry Roma. They played well against Juventus. They just couldn't finish a job. Udinese is going to be the same way. They're going to be stubborn, right? Defensively, they're very sound. They're going to play a counterattack. You got to watch out for Llorente. You got to watch out for Dulofeu. You got to watch out for DePaul, Pereira. I think these guys are capable of being handled by Kambula, Ibanez, and Mancini. So for that reason, I want to say Roma is going to win this game, especially at home. They're a different team at home. This They're a different team at home, and they're a different team when they don't play the top seven. Yeah, that's where I'm going to agree with you. I think Roma have this because they do beat up on these teams. Yeah. I think the only way Udinese can get a result from this, if they can put pressure on probably the best ball-playing center back in the league, which is Roger Ibanez. If they can put pressure on him, which he, he has shown to buckle when he does have pressure put on him with overhead balls and passes yeah. like that, he can struggle. Uh, if Udinese can get uh, De Lufeu to run at him, there may be a few problems. Yeah. But I don't think Udinese is... I think if you start Fernando Llorente, Ibani is going to be too comfortable. Llorente Way doesn't have the speed to pressure him. No. Another weakness that I see is if they can go after Kambula as well. Yeah. If they can target him. It's inexperience. Exactly, sure. inexperience. Uh, but besides that, I think Roma are smarter than that, and they know how yeah. to cover for their two young center backs and... Uh, that's where Mancini steps in, the walk-in yellow card. He will get a yellow <laughs> card this game, I think. And I think Roma Roma get a win. They got Pellegrini back, too. So Yeah. Need that, man. That's our captain. Yes. That's a captain, Roma fans, right there. Roman man. All right, so we're both trying to take Roma. Cagliari hosting Atalanta. <laughs> it's going to be an Atalanta walkthrough. I don't think I need to say any more. Go ahead, Jules. Yeah, Cagliari, tons of injuries. Sotil, Rogue, Duncan... Chipitelli, Lico Giannis is a doubt for the game. So they're running very thin. 
listen, Cagliari, we've said it a million times, can see the most shots in Europe compared to any team. Poor Alessio Cragno. Poor Alessio. Yeah. Um, and we see how easily Atalanta are able to uh, score goals. Yeah. Cagliari are going to feel like they can't sit back because they're in the relegation zone. I think that pressure forces them to come out of their shell, and uh, Atalanta thrives on that. Do you want to know their run right now? Cagliari's run? I I have an idea of what it is, but yeah, tell me. In their last 14 games, they haven't registered a win. Five draws, nine losses in their last 14 games. I think there's one team worse than that. Yeah, there is. But that's that's pretty horrendous. Yeah, there's one team worse than that, and you rewarded the guy with an extension. <laughs> what a joke. Di Francesco. Oh, my God. We love the... We love to pick on him. Uh, let's move on to the next game. So we're both trying to take Atalanta. Yeah. No surprise there. This one's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be tricky. Sampdoria, yeah. uh, Fiorentina, what do you think? Fiorentina really, really struggled to score. Yeah. You know, as good as Vlahovic has been, he's a young 21-year-old, has his highest scoring tally in Serie A. But again, they are missing big pieces in Milinkovic. Sofian Amrabrat as well is going to be suspended. So there's some big pieces missing in that team. Frank Ribéry should be back. But Sampdoria, I feel, have the better pieces. They do. But I'm just I'm going to lead to a draw. Sampdoria are so hard. They don't convince. They're so hard to predict. Yeah. I'm so going to say a draw, even though Fiorentina conceded a ton of goals. But yeah. No, but I agree with you. I'm going to say a draw here. This is This game's got draw written all over it. Yeah. Uh, let's. With that being said, let's move on to this next game. Crotone hosting Sassuolo. Both teams on abysmal form right now. I actually, believe it or not, Crotone fans, I don't know how to call this game. <laughs> Usually it's routine, but I don't know how to call this game. This is a team that Sassuolo should arguably beat up on, but I don't think it's going to go that way. Something is telling me to not lean to Sassuolo. And Crotone has their boy back, Messias. He's back Junior for this Messias. game. I think, yeah, I think Crotone is going to struggle against him. Or uh, Sassuolo is going to struggle against him. Sassuolo, in regards to who's missing, it's going to be just pretty much Boga is the big name. So Barardi should be back. Barardi's back. Caputo, Locatelli. So you have the trio back. Obiang's been great. Filip Juricic. Or Juric, he's been a ghost since he his great start to the season. I don't know. I'm going to say Sassuolo because it's Crotone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But uh, Crotone with Messias back, rested, and Aduanas on top of it playing great in his last game. I yeah. There's a possibility. Anything can happen here. I'm going to take a draw in this game. I just have a feeling Crotone is going to do something. So, Giuliano's trying to take Sassuolo. I'm trying to take Crotone. Now, arguably one of the most important games on the weekend. Yes. One of the biggest I'd definitely be watching it. I know who I'm cheering for this weekend. <laughs> so, Inter hosting Lazio. What a game to end off match day 22. Inter. No, no, there's one more game after, but is there? this oh, is the penultimate sorry. game. Sorry, this, uh, this, this game's the be-all end-all <laughs> for me. Sorry. I wasn't thinking about the game on Monday. My apologies. Now, so, yeah, Inter hosting Lazio. Inter. Need to win this game, stay in the Scudetto race. Lazio need to win this game to try and get some grasp on top four. Because they know they got Roma and Atalanta breathing down their neck. Especially Roma. Honestly, two teams in form. 
a tie is not good enough for both teams. Both teams are healthy too. Yeah, this is gonna. This game is gonna be. See, here we go. You're gonna have the Conte press and the Conte suffocation against the Lazio counterattack. So both teams are gonna line up and play how they want to play and what makes them so successful as clubs. So what's gonna now? It really at the end of the day, this game comes down to superiority. Who arguably is the better team? Inter or Lazio? Yeah, Inter arguably have the better players maybe man for man but they don't have the goal scoring from the midfield no they've proven that they struggle to score against the top teams yeah Lazio we consider one of the top teams Lazio have picked up 11 points in seven games against top teams only bettered by Atalanta on goal differential okay so Lazio pick up a lot of points against top teams and I think it's because of their style Inter on the other hand are one of the worst teams at picking up points off top teams which you already mentioned now, in the la- it's not bad, but they don't score. They struggle to score. And Inter, for some weird reason, is the top goal-scoring team in Italy. I think the second highest goal-scoring team in, in uh, Europe yeah. out of the big five, which is odd. And it's because they score in bunches against the bottom teams. But against the top teams, they struggle. I think I already said the last picture they played, Inter won one nil. I believe it was. I believe Inter still have it in them to win the Scudetto. These are the games they have to win. I think uh, I think a draw will happen, which is it's fine. It still keeps them in the race, kind of. It does take destiny out of their hands and into Milan's, but I'm gonna lean towards a draw in this game. I don't think uh, I think those struggles continue. Uh, Inter's shown it against Juve two games now in a row. They cannot score when teams sit back and play defense. And I know Simone Inzaghi observed those two games. And that's exactly what he's going to do, and Inter's going to struggle. Okay, so I was going to tell you to take a draw. I think it's statement time for Inter. Nothing left but the Serie A. Nothing left to focus on but the Serie A. Lazio, on the other hand, have this game, and then they got one eye, obviously, on the Champions League. Um, I don't know if they're playing this week or not, but they they obviously have a lot to focus on. Here's where it comes down to. If that Lazio attack can get behind that Inter defense, the cameraman's going to be in trouble. Samir Handanovic. And he's going to be, I think he's going to be busy this game. I really do. But on the other hand, I think Pepe Rena's going to be busy too. With Lautaro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku, I just see Inter starving for a result here. I'm sure they're disappointed about what happened midweek against Juventus. It's, this is bigger than that game. This is so oh, much is. bigger than that game. Because you still have destiny in your own hands if you win this game, and it's like you said, if you draw or you lose, it's up to me. It's up to AC Milan to drop points now to catch them. As a Roma fan, I so badly want to see Inter win. Kind of keeps it keeps us in the race for fourth place. On goal difference right now. Yeah, it uh, keeps us in the race. And or on goals, for I should say, your goal difference is actually the exact yeah. same, but they have more goals, Roma. And they have a better head-to-head too. Uh, is a better head dad on us. Smashed us. Um, for so that reason, I really want Inter to win this game so bad. My my question, though, quick, because before we run out of time, yeah. Um, Conte, does he go if Inter don't win the City out this year? Since he got knocked out of Champions League Copa Italia, no trophies. I think you have to. You ax him. I think you have to. Even though this is the best Inter we've seen in eleven years. Yeah, best that we've seen in 11 years, no trophies to show for it. Trophies speak louder than performances. 
and you guys, you got a guy like Max Allegri just sitting around doing nothing. So, yeah, it depends on who they can bring in, right? So I'm gonna go with my heart on this one because I'm gonna be an Inter fan on Sunday. All right, book Inter. All right, next game. All right, Parma, Hellas Verona, Monday night, barn burner. Yeah, seriously, got a solid team from Verona. Just didn't show up. Mess up top now. They don't know what to do with Lasagna and Kalinic. They're trying to sort that out. Going up against a team that's a total mess. Does Graziano Pelle show up? I don't know. I don't know. Does if he, he play this game? I don't know. Very straightforward. I think Hells Verona is going to win this game. Bounce back. Kevin Lasagna scores. Kalinic sits on the bench. And it'll be an anomaly. Can you look up quick? When's the last time Parma won? <laughs> Parma? They are terrible. I think... And can you look up the last time they scored for me quickly as yeah. well? Because I think they haven't scored a goal in uh, in a long time. It's been. Parma hasn't scored since they played Lazio. What so was the date? It's been four games. That's it, four games. It's, that was, yeah, it's been... Oh, it's since been... So Coppa Italia round the 16s when they scored last so scored. So get rid of Coppa Italia and Serie When's the last time they scored in Serie Against Sassuolo, January 17th. Okay, so... Match day eighteen. Yeah, so it's been uh, it's been a while, and I think before that they didn't score in a while either. I think so. So they they really struggled to s- score goals. I don't remember the last time they won a game, and I don't think it continues. They are horrendous. Anyway, that's the point. They are terrible. Take Hellas Verona. I don't think it changes uh, here for Parma. Yeah, I think they're going right down. I think they're relegated. That's it. Status quo. Unless they get rid of the Versa. That sums up match day twenty two. Let's move on to Champions League. The Champions. It's okay. back. It's back. It's back midweek. It starts Tuesday, Wednesday. Four games on the go. Let's run this down for you. Rap- Barcelona. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Barca hosting PSG at the Camp Nou in leg one. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. PSG is not a first in, La- in Liga. Nope. Uh, Which, by the way, is a mess of a league right now. Yes, it is a mess of a league. <laughs> Barcelona coming back a bit now second. I yep. think eight or nine points behind Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid do have a game in hand, but they've turned it around. Barcelona has been a disaster of a club. Messi's yep. contract getting leaked. Who do we think has the edge here? Barcelona, you're at Camp Nou. PSG, PSG struggles against these teams. They always have. They always will. They were lucky to get to the Champions League final. And so I'm going to give Barcelona the edge here. Yeah, I'm going to give, I agree, I'm going to give Barcelona the edge, especially at Camp Nou. I would like to see PSG go through uh, in the long run because they do have a few Italians on the team, Florenzi, Moise Keane, Verratti. So it'd be nice to see the Italians go far. Uh, Moise Keane, I think, scoring in his last game. All three Italians, inf- influential in uh, PSG's season so far. Yeah. Playing great even though PSG's not a first, but we know at the end of the yeah. season who's going to be a first. So, yeah, let's say uh, Barcelona. Yep. And they so have Messi. Both time take Barca. And Griezmann's on fire these days, too. He is. Next game on Tuesday, Leipzig hosting Liverpool at the Puskas Arena. For all you Liverpool fans, Premier League fans, this is not a straightforward fixture, let me tell you. And I think all Liverpool fans would agree with you. Yep. They are missing a plethora of players. And their form right now is... Yeah. Not that great. Not great. They're playing two makeshift uh, center backs in uh, 
Anderson. Yeah. And uh, Fabinho, Thiago Alcantara has been poor since he's uh, been signed by Liverpool. And they just got smashed by Man City 4-1. RB Leipzig, on the other hand, the league's done in, in Germany. Bayern Munich, uh, they're on vacation in Dahl right now. And the World Club, uh, yeah. Cup there, whatever the heck it's called. RB Leipzig, typical German side, one of the best pressing teams in Europe. Love to play high press. I honestly, I'm picking RB to win this game. I am too. I don't think uh, Liverpool is nope. going to be able to handle their energy. Not at all. So. Not at all. Leipzig, this, this, the two makeshift center backs. Leipzig's licking their lips over this. Yeah. And their chops. I agree. It's it's a perfect game for them. So RB Leipzig to win. Now we move on to Wednesday. Porto hosting Juventus. This will be interesting. Ronaldo going back to Portugal. Estadio do Dragao. Portugal. <laughs> He's yeah. back. He's back. Um, this will be interesting. Is Pirlo going to let Porto come at them? That, that's the question. That is the question, right? Porto do love playing a possession game. Uh, yeah. But that is the question. Will Porto sit back? Because you know the Portuguese teams aren't scared to sit back. Yeah. And, yeah, if Juve can continue their tactics of sitting back and countering, I think, hands down Juve. But I, I'm actually leaning towards uh, – I'm going to lean towards a draw in this first match between Porto and Juve. 0-0 draw. I think Porto walks away without conceding a goal in this game. I beg to differ. This is Juve's – this is the mission for Juve. you got to win the Champions League. This is where Andrea Pirlo starts to earn his stripes. <laughs> uh, I think Juventus come out hungry. Make an example. Win this game. Go home. Control the second leg. Uh, they want to go home and just sit back. That's what I think is going to happen. I think you're going to see a Juve attack here. You're going to see Ronaldo bag a few. And Juve comfortably wins this game. All right. Last game of the week. And then the other eight, the other four matches where the other eight teams will be the following week, which we'll preview later on in the podcast to, to come. Uh, Sevilla hosting Borussia Dortmund. Our boy Papa Gomez. Can't play. Can't play. Because he played team, for Atalanta. He's been playing great, actually. He in, has uh, been. you got to give him credit. Yeah, scored a goal. Um, but, he, yeah, he can't appear in this uh, tournament. Sevilla, one of the better teams in Spain this year. Yep. Uh, Dortmund falling right off the map. Ever since they got rid of Lucien Favre, they are now out of Champions League spots in Germany. They are really, really poor now. Even with the likes of Haaland up top, Jordan Sancho on the wing, yep. uh, Giovanni Reina, they have been very bad defensively. Therefore, I'm going to take a team that knows how to win knockout competition, Sevilla, over Dortmund in this game. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you. Um, and they're playing in uh, Seville. So. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm telling you right now, I think Sevilla's, Sevilla's my dark horse for this Champions League. I, I would never want to – I don't want to play them. No. I wouldn't want to play them from anybody. So, yeah, so I, I agree with you. I'm going to take Sevilla in that game. So that, right. those are the Champions League games this week. Make sure you enjoy them Tuesday, Wednesday. And what a way to start off the Europa League round of 32. It's La Roma playing the very first game. They're in Braga. But what are we going to do here? That's the big question. What's Roma going to do? What's Roma's objective? If you're Paolo Fonseca, you know you got to win this game. Because if you don't finish top four, you can qualify for the Champions League next year by winning the Europa League. There is a spot up for grabs. And yes, it's very, it's much more difficult to qualify through the Europa League, but you have the opportunity. You need to take it. Roma, come out of this game, steal a win. I first think games in Portugal? First games in Portugal. I'm going to give Braga 
the win in this game. Not saying they're going to go through, but I think Braga are going to win. They're third in Portugal right now. Great defense. Uh, scored lots of goals as well. Roma, exactly. We don't know what we're going to see. But I think they should take this competition seriously. They should. I'm just going to give Braga the slight edge being at home. And uh, I think they have enough to take it. But I don't know if they'll be able to take it in Rome. So, Braga for this so game. Julian, I was telling you to take Braga. I'm telling you to take Roma. Let's move on to our next Italian team. Milan are paying a visit to Red Star in Serbia, where fellow Canadian Milan Borjan is a starting goalkeeper. Yes. This game's not going to be easy for Milan either. When you're playing Red Star, Red Star is an unpredictable team. Listen, this team is first in the league right now. 20 matches played, 18 wins, 2 draws, 0 losses. I don't even think they lost in the Europa League yet, so they haven't lost a game all year. 54 yeah. goals for, 8 goals against... Ten, nine points above the second-place team, Partizan. This is not going to be an easy game. They, nope. they were one of the most attractive on-the-eye teams in the group stages. But we have to think the Italian league is better than the Serbian league. Yep. And the first-place Italian team should beat the first-place Serbian team. 100%. They should, they should win. This is going to be a great game. It's not going to be an be. easy game. It's no. going to be a great game. That's probably going to be the highlight of the Europa League. This, this is one of the best games. Yeah. Underrated. All right, so we're both trying to take Milan, I believe. Yeah. Let's move on to Napoli. The mess continues. They go into Granada in the first leg. Yes. That's going to be difficult. Any Spanish team is difficult, they've especially all, in the Europa yeah, League. They've all been a thorn in the Italian side, too. Yeah. I'm going to call uh, Granada a draw in I Spain. I think so, too. Yeah. This might be Rafa Benitez's first game. <laughs> yeah, it might be, actually. That's right. very true. And then so. you're guaranteed a draw. Yeah. We'll go right back to defense. Yeah. And that basically sums up our Italian teams. Uh, for those of you that are interested in the Europa League, there are a couple of interesting ties too. Yes. Uh, Benfica is playing Arsenal. Yes. That's pretty tough. That is a tough game. First leg is in Benfica. Arsenal not having the greatest of seasons. No, no definitely not. Uh, another big one too. Uh, Sociedad is playing Manchester United. Really, uh, the other ones I think are pretty straightforward. Yeah, well, one other game, the league leaders in uh, France against Ajax, Lille, are playing. Yeah, They Forgot did beat Milan one. in the group stages, and we have a Canadian there, Jonathan David. He's going to be featuring. He's been on form, playing great, so we'll see if he can pop in a couple goals. Yeah. And uh, Red Bull Salzburg from the Champions League dropping down to play, play Villarreal. Villarreal, fifth place in Spain, so yeah. we'll Some see. Great games. Yeah. This is where Europa League actually gets a little exciting. It does, it does. Some good ties. So that sums up Europa League. Now, in the interest of Champions League and Europa League, there is another Champions League in the world. Well, there's a few of them in the CONCACAF region right home. So I wanted to just get some thoughts here. So for those of you that don't know, CONCACAF came out uh, and announced a major overhaul to their Champions League tournament format. Um, as you know right now, there's no group stage. It's a round. Of, it, you qualify, you start in the round of 16 and work your way down. Um, and 2023 edition will be the last format of that. They're, in 2024, they're going to have a brand new format. They're bringing the group stage back, which is a victory. But I don't know how I feel about the number of teams participating. So under the new format, uh, 50 teams across the CONCACAF region would enter into a regional group stage broken down into North America, 
Central America, and the Cari- and Caribbean. So 20 teams from North America. And when I talk North America, 20 teams are from Mexico, U.S., and Canada. So Liga MX, uh, MLS, and the Canadian Premier League. 20 teams from Central America, and 10 teams from the Caribbean, so the smaller islands. Um, so each region would be divided into groups of five teams, where you play once against each opponent. So you play four games in the group stage. Two of them will be at home. Two of them will be away. So the qualification into this regional group stage before you qualify for the knockout phase uh, is done through domestic leagues, cups, regional cup competitions. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. But for Canada, what that means is of the 20 teams in the North American region, three of those teams will be Canadian. So the other 17 will be <laughs> between MLS and Liga MX. Two will be from the Canadian Premier League, and one will be from the Voyagers Cup, the Canadian Championship. What does that mean for Toronto FC, Vancouver Whitecaps, Club de Foot Montreal? We don't know yet, 100%, but we think that the MLS, if they finish in an MLS spot that they, w- they too would take the MLS spot, which is something I agree with, okay? I understand the only two spots from the CPL because it's brand new. It's brand new. Yeah. Th- there's not that many teams in there. This is huge for Canada. At the end of the day, the three Canadian spots, when you look at it, we're going to be the whipping boys in the regional, in the regional group stage because Liga MX, this is their tournament. They've won every tournament. Uh, they've won every year. Uh, MLS gives them, you know, ba- they basically get seven and a half, eight and a half spots yeah. in this stage. And it's good for MLS. It's good for Liga MX. Those are the two leagues with the most money in the region. And uh, it's going to force the CPL teams to have to get that much better. So we're going to line up against Liga MX teams. Now, how exciting is this? York United. I know I always use York United. I'm sorry. I do love them, but I know there are other teams out there. Okay, I'll do another one. Pacific FC. Pacific FC plays in like a 5,000-seat stadium, okay? And you got to host a team like Tigres in your yard. Zhignac. That's cool. That is cool. That's really cool. So, But it's going to force the CPL teams to get that much better. They're going to be the whipping boys, I think, for the first few editions, but... Yeah, it's it, listen. This is only this is only great for Canadian soccer, like you yeah. said. If we could get, if they can host some, some big teams yeah. over here north of the border, it'd be big. It'd, it'd be, be big. it'd be nice to see. It would be nice to see. I think fifty teams in this region is a little too much, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a lot. I I mean, thirty-two people complain thirty-two in the UEFA Champions League is too much. I think we I think we should have gone state of thirty-two. You play six games in the group stage, home and home. I think that's fair. And then you divide it among the regions. It's just way – I think it's a little too watered down. And then the CONCACAF League kind of serves as your Europa League version for CONCACAF. So there's still continental football for the other teams. The other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is they did the draw for the round of 16 for the Champions League for CONCACAF. So the winner of Toronto FC and Forge FC – will be playing in the round of 16 Club de Leon from Mexico. Not easy. No. <laughs> Not easy. So what are your thoughts 
on the restructure. What are your thoughts on that first tie for Canadian soccer? Yeah, it's uh, for me right away, right off the bat, it's way too many teams. Yeah, I think it's fair that the CPL only gets the two spots. Yeah, I think so too. It has to prove itself before it can start taking spots off of the Mexican League MLS. Um, but right off the bat, the thing I don't like is that's way too many teams. Yeah, 50 way too teams. many teams. Uh, you're just diluting the competition. For them, it's I guess for them it's more money, more awareness brought to the league. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um. And then what are my thoughts on Forge? On Forge or Toronto FC playing Club de Leon. <laughs> it will be a good test forever gets through. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. It will be a good test for TFC's new manager. It's true. Uh, Armas. And it will be a good test for the Forge if they can beat TFC. If Forge beats TFC, that's a massive statement. That is a massive statement. First of all. Yeah. To say you've beaten arguably the best Canadian team. Yeah. Um, and then you got to bring Club de Leon in your yard. And then exactly in Hamilton, and we know how rowdy and those fans are. And when will the game possibly be in the it's summer? Gotta be, it's got to be before April. Before April, so yep. it'll be freezing here. Yeah. Uh, no, for uh, for Toronto FC and oh, Forge. for Toronto FC. So if yeah. say say Forge wins, yeah, do we know when that next match would be? Not yet. Not a hundred percent sure. Well, it'd be hopefully in spring, summer. Yeah. Get some. Hopefully, we can have fans in the stadium by then. And like we said, that'd be amazing. Yeah. To see. Just hop on the highway, go to Hamilton and watch uh, Leon versus uh, Forge, for instance. Yeah. Even if it's Toronto FC, it'd be nice to see them yeah. come to BMO Field. It'd be it's either way, it's good. Yeah, it's good uh, for the for your Toronto FC fans. I was there every single game on that magical run when Toronto FC took out Tigres, took out Club America. They went through the cream of the crop in Mexico to get to the final, and it's like our friend Nick said. They were the ones that almost took out a ma- took out everybody and stole the CONCACAF Champions League. Toronto FC has been the closest non-Mexican team to win it. I don't care what people think about LAFC. We played a much better final than LAFC. And just to show you how much soccer or how much this means, CONCACAF Champions League means to Canadian soccer, in the top 10 attendance records... For a CONCACAF Champions League game, number three and number five have been from Canada. Okay? Yep. So so number three, when Montreal hosted Club America in 2015, we had an attendance record of 61,000 people in attendance. And on twenty in 2009, when we hosted Santos Laguna, when Montreal did, 55,000. So what does that tell you? Yep. There's a lot of interest there. Yeah, listen, the interest here is it's massive. Yeah. It's just I think what it comes down to is we don't have a local hero hero yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Azorio, I think, is the, is, the, is the closest thing to that. But we're waiting for that homegrown talent to really push yeah. Canada to the next level and play in Canada yeah. as well. Um, like we look at the reception Alfonso Davies has got obviously he's in Byron. Yeah. But we're waiting for, I think, that one big player to take us over the edge. And the potential's here. People love the game. Yeah. Uh, BMO Field's rocking on a on a nice summer night. It is. To watch, uh, you know, when we watch TFC. So I would just love to see it grow yeah. more than what it is. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Well, let's see. Onward and upward for Canadian football. Yeah. So that sums up today's 
episode. Enjoy the games this weekend. They're going to be smashing. Enjoy the Champions League games. Enjoy the Europa League games. A lot of football. We'll be back. We'll be back. Until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao.